You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It's the Oz Network once again coming to you for a Survivor Island of the Idols recap. I'm going to do it this week as we move through a very entertaining episode six. I have to say, I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. So, a lot to talk about as per usual, and what a pleasure it is. To have the one, the only Mr. Dan Foley on this episode. Big name, big man, big interview. As always, this is a an interview that you know you're always going to enjoy. Four hours worth of interview we had in the very first time we had Dan on the show. And multiple hours since in other interviews as well. So plenty to cover. Plenty of interesting things to be said. And plenty of Dan for you to enjoy right now on this recap. So sit back, relax, and listen to our Survivor Island of the Idols Episode 6 recap with Dan Foley from Worlds Apart. Welcome once again to the Oz Network as we continue on our coverage of Survivor Island of the Idols. And it's a pleasure, as always, to welcome a former contestant back to the show to recap it. And one of our very good friends, this man still, after all these years, nearly a decade of us doing Survivor recaps and interviews, holds the record for the longest ever Survivor interview at a shy (laughs) moment over four hours several years ago. And he's back again today to recap in, I don't know how many hours it's going to be, from Survivor, worlds apart, Mr. Dan Foley. Dan, welcome back to the Oz Network. Oh, thank you so much for that dubious honour of an intro. Thank you. It's, uh... Uh, it's a proud record. You should you should stand tall with that record, Dan. That's, um, uh, you know... Yes, I, I... You know something? I wave my Dan Keeney on high for that record. That's, uh... <laughs> Yeah, that gets four Dan Keenies in the world of Dan Foley. That's four awesome. Four Dan Keenies. Wow. <laughs> Jeez, we've uh, we've reached that point. Fantastic. I love it. Um, I'm, I'm also glad in that introduction I managed to uh, cor- refer to your correct season. I apparently uh, advertise this interview as you being from One World. So go me. Uh, it's been a couple of years since we've oh, talked wow. on this show. So clearly, I forgot what season you're from. So um holy crap one really one world ouch mm, mm. see I, i'm i'm not i personally Ugh. i wouldn't be offended i love one world but i'm the one person who does so it's it's all good uh it's all good. you're one of the very few yes. you know there's a, there's a terrible backstory with one world mm. there's actually a really bad backstory that i had heard about that season because uh, the season before people were whining Online, it probes about the fact that there weren't enough beautiful people. So, and so they so got beautiful cre- people. So he, cre- yeah. So they crafted one world, and they just went after beauty over substance, and that's why the season sucked. Well, I was going to say they did, the they did that with your season too, didn't they? You were on it, so clearly they got the most beautiful people. Look at that. Clearly not. <laughs> <laughs> No. Oh, so glad oh, I haven't no. lost my sucking up ability. It's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> just, just yeah, you're as you're as you're as, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're as transparent as a pane of glass. That's good. Thank you. Um, Survivor Island of the Idols, Dan. We're we're six episodes in. We're we're very close actually to the halfway point um, already. Which uh, for anybody who has just recovered from Australian Survivor, thinking that we're nearly halfway point after only six episodes is a hilarious fact. But uh, what what do you what's your Thought process right now on uh, season thirty nine, Island of the Idols. Island of the Idols, yeah. I uh, when I heard what they were doing, I was dubious at best. I was uh, very apprehensive about the season. Um, after season 
37 and 38 filmed. Um, apparently, Probst got into a pistol contest with a casting director, Lynn Stillman, and she got fired. Um, so the, the story was that the seasons were so bad that she ended up losing her job. I don't know. I don't know that. That is the rumor. I have no facts behind that. Um, and then this one comes out, and the first thing everybody starts saying is, well, look, they're having such a hard time finding good people to cast. They have to bring back Sandra and Rob to spice up the season. So there was a lot of apprehension about it, but it's it's actually not working out too bad. There's some really good characters on the season, and I'm uh, I'm enjoying it more than I thought I was going to. I so, think um, that's starting to get into it. Standard reaction, I would have to say. I think each week we've kind of come here, and that I feel is the general reaction, and I agree with that. I think that. It was a bit of a strange twist, as always. We get these unique ways of trying to, you know, form a season out of something, and uh, why not bring back Rob and Sandra? But, yeah, I think... I mean, last week, I think, really showed that you can kind of survive with this cast without having to have appearances from Rob and Sandra. So, yeah, I think... I honestly... I'm going to say straight away that I think this episode was actually probably the best episode of the season. I mean, the ending was pretty tense. It was pretty exciting. And, um, you know, I think generally this was a this was a very good episode. But, um, yeah, I th- I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised that I can still walk away from Survivor at 39 season and actually feel good because, yeah, there's definitely been a stretch of seasons where that might not have necessarily been the case in the last few years. Well, it's been. I don't. I don't like. I think they are. They've changed the editing in such a way that they are telegraphing very distinctively who is going to win the immunity challenge, and I think they're doing it too much. I can tell way before the immunity challenge happens because they put a lot of focus on that particular tribe, and you're like, oh, well, clearly these people are going to tribal council. Yeah, and that's and it's I've, I've nailed it every time, and I don't like that. I actually don't like that at all. I think that takes away some of the you know a lot of the mystery of the game. But um, last night's episode, yeah, it's it's getting better, and eh, it's not saying much, you know, but it's definitely improving. I am a what is the worst? And I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry. I'm such having such a hard time. Who's the the girl that had the uh, the block of vote this week. Uh, that would be the wonderful, fantastically Elaine. Elaine, thank you. I am digging Elaine. Mm. I mean, she's a blue-collar, blue-collar girl. She's close to my heart. I, you know, I, she's there to play. You know, she's, she's, you know, she's not the typical pretty little felt body. She's out there to win. She says what she, you know, she says what's on her mind, and she's playing more than people think she is, and. Uh, people are starting to really worry about her, and they should. I agree. I think she's a she's a bona fide contender in this game. I completely agree, and I think she kind of had a bit of a quiet run there, didn't she, after that first episode when she looked in danger and it was very much attention on her. But now, since this switch, here she is. She's got this blocker vote, and really the, the one that kind of, saved the the skin for the original Lero uh, tribe members here and, and was able to get rid of sort of the, the four block of, of Vokai people with Jason going home. But, yeah, she's she's so she's so unique, I think, in that fact that she's kind of... You lump her into what you think she's going to be like, but she's playing quite well and she's got a, had this target on her back, but she's able to escape. And 
here she is. She's the one who's, who's walked away as, as the saviour of the original Lero 4 now on Uvakai. And uh, boom, there you go. Thank you very much. Uh, let, let's welcome to a, a stranglehold in this new tribe. Well, and it's it, it's you're right, and they still could have gone forward and gotten rid of her because everybody knows that just because you can block a vote or have an extra vote, it doesn't actually do you a lot of good in the game. <laughs> so, you know, not that I could speak to that, but I was, you know, but they did a great job with the editing this week. They did a great job of, of the misdirection, which, um, and a lot of times they don't. Uh, I think they've dropped the ball on that sometimes, especially when it comes to, like I said, the, you know, who's going to lose the immunity challenge and end up going to tribal council. I think they're, they're telegraphing it, and I don't like that at all, actually. But they've done a great job with tribal council on who's going to go. There was a lot of misdirection. I thought, um, what was, uh, God, I am so bad with these names. I feel so bad. What was the uh, the guy that was going to flip on his tribe tonight? Uh, and, Aaron? Uh, last night, didn't yeah, Aaron. He's got the uh, the the rock tattoo on his on his on his shoulder on his left shoulder. It's like, kind of like a mixture between the Rock uh, and Tony Vlachos, isn't it? It's got a very Tony vibe about it. Yeah, a little it bit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, um, you know, and he really looked like he was gonna he was gonna jump ship, and it looked like he was gonna vote her out. And I'm just, you know, again, like somebody very famous once said, you know, flippers never win. I just <laughs> I'm screaming at the screen, going, "Are you a moron? Oh my God, you're an idiot!" And I have, I have, I have recanted, I have recanted that comment because I should not speak in absolutes. It's not <laughs> Otherwise, a you become thing. a Sith. So you turn into Darth Vader. So it's that simple. That, yeah, thank you. So <laughs> flippers rarely win. I'm glad you brought that up because that was that was going to be my thing here. Thinking that you know you must have been happy with Aaron because he didn't flip. But um, yeah, it was well, and it, it, it's. It's stupid. It's stupid to do that. It's real. The, I mean, who really did it effectively? Um, uh, the girl that won Game Changers. Uh, the, the, Sarah. The, the, the girl from. She was in Tony Season. She's the female cop. She yeah, had the Sarah. North Dakota accent. Don't you know? Sarah. Sarah. Yep. Thank you, Sarah Lucina. She flipped and she won. She was a hardcore flipper early in the game, and she still ended up winning. And I still give you know Sierra from my season a hard time about that. I'm like, you should have targeted her. That what's wrong with you? Yeah. But uh, Aaron, Aaron didn't flip, and it, it it generally puts a target on your back. And I think this this crew is savvy enough that uh, if he flipped, you know, they would have he would have always been on the outs, and I don't think it would have done him any good. Which is very interesting that. It seemingly came down to, oh, we're going to go for rocks. But then the original Vokai with Jason and everybody seemed genuinely shocked that they weren't going with their word to vote out of lane. So clearly they were so on board with Aaron's flipping, thinking that, hey, cool, he's coming to yeah. our sides, which I get it. Like, it's Survivor. You're going to believe people at their word for certain aspects, and you have to. It's the game. So that of is course. the first time in quite some time that I've seen genuine shock and disgust at a at a vote that that turned down that way because when when obviously Jason walked out and he's thing first away he's like don't trust Aaron 
Um, and then, which I loved. Yeah. I loved that final dig of his. So did I. I so did I. Loved it. Yeah, it was fantastic because you don't see that. You don't see that a lot of the time as well. Um, and it was just, it was just such a great moment. And that's that's what I think this episode what did really well. And I, I agree with you to go back to your point where you're saying about how the editing around the challenges is maybe a little bit too obvious because I think this one was way too obvious. The way they just kept showing New Vakai and kind of oh we're such a and they started it like last week. Did didn't they? It was kind of this slow build that you yes. knew you were going to get something. So, but it, it was a great payoff. It was a fantastic payoff. And Tommy's look, that look on Tommy's face as the way he oh, stood he was, over. Wow. Oh, the look on his face was priceless. Somebody needs to turn that into some kind of a meme. Yeah. Because that or a gift. That is beautiful. I agree. That is absolutely spectacular. And the emotion but, from Lauren, too. But, I mean, that's, again, that's that's not something we've seen in quite some time. And I think that the genuine reactions like that, because Survivor has definitely turned very game botty. Um, and, like, that's fine. People watch the show for different what? reasons. Like, just game bots. People who are just kind of programmed to, to game and and vote and this, that, and everything else. It's, you don't really have that raw emotion like you had in the original seasons when the relationships were genuinely formed and everything. Like, people are, are so able to separate the game from the relationships a lot more today than they did, you know, 20 seasons ago. But so, I think that takes away from it. I think that's been... Well, that's what I was trying I, I to... I think that's yeah. a bad... Yeah, I, I think that's a bad thing. I agree. I, and, but know, what I, I'm trying I, to say with that I, is I, that it's, it's yeah, unique to see what this is now, to see someone like Lauren genuinely crying over something because we don't see that anymore. And that's what I think was so unique about this episode. Well, Jason was great too because he was so on the outs at the beginning of the game, was able to kind of get back into it, started to feel comfortable, mm. and fucked himself. Yeah. You know, and it was... You know, I've always, and I still, I, I you know, something. I'll take all the hate mail you want to send to me, folks. Just, I don't care. I'm going to stand by it. You've got a, you've already you got a permanent box of the hate mail, don't you, Dan? It's just there. It's just that's it's fair. the Dan that's, hate mail that's box. That's fair. I'm yeah. just, I'm going to embrace the suck. That's fine. That's <laughs> it's fine. So the, the, I still stand by this. If you don't leave that game crying or furious, you are not there to play. You were simply there to be on TV, or you were simply happy to be there. You were not there to win. Yeah. And I stand by that. It's the people that turn around and go, oh, it was really great playing with you guys. I hope you all had fun. Thank you so You suck. Get out. Get out. <laughs> you, I'm sorry. Get out. That to me, that to me is bad casting because you didn't find somebody that wanted to be there. And I, I'm just, I think it's disappointing that I, I think it's great for Canadians that they finally opened it up to Canadian people to actually apply to be on the show. And Tom is listed as living in Connecticut, but he's the first Canadian to play the game. And it to me, that's a very double-edged sword because on the one hand, it's really cool because they're opening it up and a new crop of people, and that's all wonderful. But on the downside, that to me is saying, we've run out of decent people here in America. We can't find anybody good enough that we really like here in America. And to me, that is a sad statement. There are so many really great people that are interesting, eclectic, dynamic, with a good head on their shoulders that I have met in casting call lines 
and they just, I don't think they're giving a lot of these people a fair shot, and I think that's unfortunate, and I think it's unfair. And, you know, when I was at final round of casting, they asked me specifically about the casting calls. And I said, you guys are really blowing it. You guys are missing these golden opportunities. There are diamonds in the rough out there, and you're missing them. And sure enough, after the next few seasons, they started to have a lot of people from the casting calls suddenly make it through. Jason was a ca casting call. Anna Kate was a casting call. A lot of people came through. There was a few more that I can't remember off the top of my head now. but And I still think they're missing it. I still think... You know, I don't know what they're doing with the casting process, but I think they're they're slipping a would lot. You, would you not say, though, that this season, going on to your comment, they're about a bit diamonds in the rough. Um, I think this season is genuinely one of the most unique casted seasons, I would almost say, maybe since your season. I think we've got a genuine mix of people who bring something new and different to... Survivor for the first time in a long time. I wouldn't disagree with that. I think, uh, you know, aside from the obvious suck-up, which is very nice, thank you very much. <laughs> but, um, it, yeah, I think there's... But I also think there's the... Um, you know, they throw, they've, they've thrown in the screwballs. They've thrown in a couple of the... Um, a couple of the, the archetypes in there. I mean, Nora... I mean, she's clearly another Debbie Warner. You know, I mean, she's just been annoying everybody since day one. Um, you know, she's a sack of cats of crazy. You know, I, I'm sure she's great. I'm sure she's wonderful. The way that they're showing her, the way they're presenting her does not look very nice, uh, not very flattering. And she just screams. She screams Debbie to me. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know, maybe that's just me. No, 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 absolutely, I agree. Okay. I think a lot of people have compared that to her. But, like, in all seriousness, that my comment actually wasn't... I mean, it was a suck-up, it always is. But at the same time, it wasn't, because I genuinely <laughs> think that while your season maybe isn't necessarily considered one of the greatest seasons of Survivor, I think most people would agree that you had a unique collection of characters that made your season yes. memorable. You know, right from Mike right down to So. Like, I think legitimately... You know, I look at seasons 35 to 38, and they're genuinely kind of vanilla standard. Oh, look at me, I'm pretty, I'm in my 20s, you know, cool, with right, a few exceptions. Right. And I think kind of we had two full all-star seasons in 31 and 34. I think 32 and 33 had some unique casting, but again, very, you know, 60 70% bland, your general, usual types you're going to expect on reality TV in this part of the decade. But I, I, I genuinely think that your season had some unique people. I think we anybody, any Survivor fan can sit here and go, you know, Rodney, what a unique character. Mike, a unique right. character. Mama C, unique character. Jen, Vince, even you. Like that, and that's not a suck up. Shireen, obviously these people are people that you remember because they've got something unique about it. Doesn't necessarily mean you're liked or your fan favorites. It's like you I don't joke have about to be one liked world. To be remembered. Yeah, I joke about one world, but I mean at least there are a bunch of people in one world that we can sit and go, "Oh, cool. I remember. Of course I remember Tro Troyzan, Tarzan, you know, Troyzan, you know, Troy people Zan, like Tarzan. This. I was yeah. just going to say Leaf, Chelsea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. You remember them not necessarily for the right or wrong reasons, it depends on the season. So this is what this season I think is genuinely 
turned into a surprise, which, as you kind of alluded to at the beginning, which it does make it unique that they've, th- they've thought like, hey, we need Rob and Sandra to kind of bring a bit of a draw card to this. I think we needed Rob and Sandra in one of the last three seasons, to be honest. We don't need Rob and Sandra this that season. Is, I I think they've spent... I, I really think they've done... a. I agree with you. I do agree with you. I think this is one of the best cast seasons we've seen in quite a while. Um, I think there's been a lot of lackluster. You know, there's been a few shining stars here and there, but there hasn't been a really overall dynamic cast. And again, for good or bad, that we've seen in a while. Uh, I mean, I mean, again, one of the really complimentary things that happened for my season was Probst actually came out in an interview, and he said, in my opinion, this is the single best all original cast that we have ever put together. And that was that was a, a pretty massive compliment, and I agree with you. I don't think Rob and Sandra were needed this season. I think it's as a matter of fact. I think they're detracting from a lot of the more original storyline. It's kind of fun to see some of these people go through some of what they've done. Um, what was the name of the kid that had to invade the other camp and steal fire from them? Oh, Vince. That was, that Vince, was, yeah. Thank you. That was that was funny. That was funny. But they've spent so much time. It's such a major portion of you know each episode to talk to Rob, uh, uh, Rob and Sandra. I think it detracts from you know some really good storyline that could be going on otherwise and. I think it's kind of a bummer because I think they're doing this pretty good cast a disservice. Which I find hilarious with Rob and Sandra. So last week they, of course, didn't appear, but they released a deleted scene of, hey, this is what Rob and Sandra are doing. And it was just a pretty lame scene of Rob going out in a raft just to explore. But I I did have to (laughs) laugh quite significantly this week when they try to imply that Rob and Sandra are actually living in that camp and Rob's building a shelter. I'm sorry. They are living in luxury somewhere at production camp, having showers, eating lobster. There's no way that CBS have gone to Boston Rob and Sandra and said, we want you to come out here and be mentors. You're not playing the game. You're not eligible for a million dollars, but you have to live on the island like Survivor. No, Boston Rob is a smart, savvy man who said he would never play this game again. Jeff Probst said before this season, we had to do something different to get him out there. They've paid him handsomely. They're putting him up handsomely. Oh, absolutely. Sandra as well. She's very frugal with her money, so I know that she will be wanting more money. So there she is, and they are getting treated like kings and queens that they should be. So don't give me this bullshit, CBS, that they're building a mansion. No one's buying it. <laughs> I just had to get it off my chest. Yeah. Well, I was thinking, <laughs> I, I was thinking about the resources that Rob was using to build this quote-unquote mansion, and I'm thinking, wow, production is really setting him up and screwing everybody else because those resources are no longer available. He's got a saw. He's just he's he's just you know, come on, give me a break. Oh, God. And they're, they're about to play for real next season. So, Jesus Christ. Like, you know, they're hanging yeah, out in a lot. That's, so. <laughs> yeah. you know, what was it, a year, year and a half ago? Jeff Probst had said that he would never 
have an all returning cast ever again. Mm. Mm. I think I wonder who has clout and authority and and left a footprint on Jeff's forehead and said, (laughs) "Uh, you're going to do what I say, biatch, and you're going to like it. I wonder who that might have been. Uh, Somebody from CBS, perhaps? Possibly. Hmm? Don't know. Maybe. (laughs) Um, One thing I also find fascinating about this is that I I realize Boss and Rob kind of has a bit of a background in hosting. He hosted that, what, Around the World in 80-something or other reality show that didn't last that long, and there was another one he did with them. Yeah, exactly. Bit of hosting experience, so... Yes, but, but why is he the one who's always reading and telling them what to do? Sandra just sits there and twiddles her thumbs. Like, I, I feel sorry for Sandra. Yes. <laughs> okay, so you ready for a cheap shot? Always. And I, I've met Sandra. She is wonderful. I love her to pieces. How is that any different than her gameplay? Mm, uh, yep. Sorry. Touche. Touche. Very good. She, but... Seriously. I, 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 you know something? I get nothing to say. She won the game twice, but was it from winning challenges? No, she's never won one. It was from being Captain Coattails or not being the most hated person in the game. That's it. That's how she won. Both times. She just happened. She just went along with what everybody said. Every now and then she'd throw a wrench into the works. She'd start rumors. She'd, you know, she'd, she'd do a lot of work behind the scenes. And the Captain Coattails is a, is a completely admirable way to win the game because she's done it twice. So, clearly it's worked. It's also so, interesting to think that going into All Winners, of course, they filmed it before the season aired. So, you wonder correct. if any of these other winners, I'm sure they knew about because I think this twist was released fairly a while before officially being released. So, you, you've got to wonder then how much that plays into these other winners who are seeing Rob and Sandra out there. Because obviously they play heroes villains together already, but... You sure. know, they've, they've, they've bonded in their five-star luxury production camp on Fiji a little bit more. They've obviously, you know, we all know you guys talk and all that sort of stuff. You see each other events, and we all realize the connection's there. But I, I just wonder how that's going to play out, if it will play out next season or even be brought up. You know, I can't imagine that it wouldn't in some capacity. I'm sure that – I'm sure they had to have told these two. You know, listen, you have to downplay the connection between the two and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Rob's got his own agenda and Sandra's got her own agenda. And, you know, if they correspond, great. And if they don't, <laughs> great. You know, Sandra's, I, I, you know, you can say anything you want. And like I said, the Captain Coattails is a great strategy and it's worked. It's worked for people. But Sandra's nobody's bitch. Sandra does what she wants. You can say anything you want about it, but don't ever take the fact that take away from her that she is strong she is she knows the game and she does what she wants she doesn't march to anybody else's drum mm-hmm. she does her own thing so and she also knows that rob's got his own thing he's got his own agenda you know sandra played twice won twice you know rob played three times got voted out three times it wasn't until the fourth time that he had a hand picked cast <laughs> so he could win so you know, now he's played four times and won once. Sandra's played three times and won twice. Do, so I don't, I don't know. Do you? What What did you think of the the challenge this week? Uh, I mean, do you think Elaine jumping into it straight away, kind of, you know, boom, I'll do it. I mean, it's very Elaine. I think that kind of just fits in perfectly to her character. It is Elaine, hundred percent. It is. But what did you what What did you think of of this week's 
little challenge. For her, you mean? Yeah, the the, the whole I, I mean, idea of what to, you had to do. Yeah, com- yeah, compared to sneaking into somebody's freaking camp and steal fire or some proof that you were there versus, <laughs> hey, pull this very loosely tied item away from the bottom of a desk. Yeah, come on. That's very different between those two. You know, I, I'm really more amazed that nobody spilled the beans for what's over there. Yeah, yeah. Agree. I find that amazing. I really find that that really blows my mind that nobody has given away that secret. Especially this They've week too, the it. way Elaine sort of came straight back and Elizabeth straight away went up to her and was like, so you saw Robin's And Elizabeth went right to her, yes. Yeah. You know, Elizabeth was like, I found you have somebody to talk to about it. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool, but, and it makes sense to me. Don't get me wrong, it makes sense. Because if you have a hidden immunity idol, you don't want to tell anybody. You want to keep that secret. You want to hold on to that power. <clears throat> Elaine, however, did the right thing. It was a deadlock four-on-four tie. She needed to let her tribe mates know that we have the advantage in this game. We don't have a deadlock vote because I get to block a vote. That was a very, very smart and savvy move. The question, so she did the right thing. The question... I'll post to you here with these challenges and these twists and everything that they have for people who go to the Island of the idols. Do you feel as though they've kind of just got a rotating system there where they may choose one that would be more appropriate for that point of the game? Meaning Elaine goes, well, wouldn't this be the most appropriate to give her a vote blocker to break this four, four deadlock. And cause I'm not trying to say it was, I mean, it's not rigged. That's not what I'm trying to say, but production, obviously I'm sure Come, we see it with the challenges. Like, oh, conveniently, Ozzy's got a swimming challenge when he's in danger. You know, like it. I feel right, they've got right. like a rotating system where they they're ready to put a certain twist in when it would be best used. If that makes sense. You mean kind of like when Cochrane has to square off against Malcolm <laughs> instead of a physical challenge? It's a gross food eating challenge. Yeah. You mean like that? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Convenient. Yes, right? I do. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Know what I mean? Know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I got to tell you, I think they have all of these in advance, but I think they're picking and choosing depending on who the next contestant is to go over to the island. I mean, yeah. that would that would be my guess because you know they seem to be too perfect for the people that are ending up there. So yeah, yeah I think they're handpicking, you know, the, the the challenges that these people face. I Which do. I, I think. It's a television show. We understand that. It's still TV. That. It's, it's a is, show. It's, it's, you have to. Yeah. And this is the thing. Like, I mean, it created a fantastic tribal council. It created a fantastic blindside and a fantastic situation. As Survivor fans, we loved it. We enjoyed it. It's 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 kind of that, that fine line where we want to believe this is this pure game, which it's, you know, everything's perfectly set out and all this sort of stuff, and it just it falls into place. But again, at the end of the day, we're talking about a television show, and production will alter bits they can they can to bring a, a premium entertainment format to us, the viewers. And, and, you know, something at the end of the day, that's their job. Exactly. That's their job. That's exactly what it's there for. Uh, I, I will say, um, and I, we, we have to touch on it, but I want to touch on it really brief because I don't want to get myself into trouble or anything misconstrued from what I say. So I'm going to touch on it really quickly. I saw um, 
an interview with Matt Van Wagenen, one of the executive producers, a couple of years ago, who had said um, in this interview that they have learned a lot through the evolution of production and editing, and they have realized that people are just tired of seeing so much overwhelming negativity in the world, and they realized that it's, it was actually harming them. So they've changed the way, they were going to change the way that they edit the show, and they realized this, and, the, and he said in the interview, very specifically, with seasons like season 30. So they realized that they actually made mistakes, and significant ones, when they did the editing for my season. Well, then we remember a couple seasons later the, the horrible episode with um, Jeff Varner and what had happened. And uh, I hadn't seen the episode yet, and I popped, I, I've been off of social media. I rarely get on social media at all anymore. But I popped on there today uh, real quick, and I saw a post from Jeff Varner talking about he saw the episode, they could have blown this out and done some terrible things like with his season and the way they handled it, and instead they decided to do something different and they ended on a real positive note, and he, you know, and he made a point to say, you know, it just shows real growth and um, he, he found peace in that. And, uh, you know, mad props to Jeff Varner, um, you know, for saying something as positive and, and embracing what had happened with him. Mm -hmm. and. Um, so I was very apprehensive to see what had happened in this episode. So I, I got a spoiler for it. But, um, you know, it, it turned out to be something very nice. And, you know, the way it ended up turned out to be very positive. So that's a good thing. Which, that yeah, I remember that situation too in the lead up to that. I had received a spoiler uh, probably. I mean, as always, there's spoilers and rumors always floating around. And yeah. I had heard very differently that they weren't going to show it and that it was going to be edited around it so that none of it would have been aired. Um, so that Really? Was, yeah, that's what I had heard, that they had kind of swept it under the rug. Um, but alas, they didn't. And it, that was a similar thing. I mean, gosh, let's go back even longer than that, Dan, even before you'd ever played. I don't know if you ever remember the rumours around Karen Moen that um, Brandon had actually punched Philip and basically was expelled from the game. Oh, yeah. um, and initially, actually, the, the initial rumour was pre-Philippines that there was going to be this guy called Malcolm who was worse than Russell and that Brandon punched Malcolm. Of course, it didn't turn out to be Malcolm. It turned out to be an Correct. attack with Philip. So there was, I mean, there's always speculation around these things which gets you a little bit excited. But, um, yeah, I'd, I'd heard that they were going to edit it out of the season and that you were not going to see Vana saying what he said and it was going to be completely just edited out. And it, yet it didn't go that way. And no. I, you know, and I think it got massive, massive attention. Oh, yeah. Um, and, I think it, and I think it was bad attention. I think it was very, I think it was handled poorly. I think it was handled very poorly. Um, and the the rumor is is that Varner wasn't actually going to do that. Production talked him into it. Wow. Uh, one of the one of the producers during confessionals talked Varner into doing it, and um, she got fired. She wow. ended up losing her job because of it. Uh, again, that's rumor. I don't know if it's true. I don't talk to a lot of survivors, mainly because none of them will talk to me. But um, that's that was those were the rumors that I had heard. So, again, I don't know whether that's true or not. I don't know whether that's accurate or not. But, um, you know, and I think he was just, you know, he was he was lambasted for it. 
And, we'll, uh, we'll talk about the contentious issue in a minute because I, I do – I mean, we need to touch on it. We'll get to it in a minute. But the one thing I want to ask just just really quickly to change the topic so we can bring back into it because I feel that sure. topic will last a little bit before we get into our listener questions. Do you think taking Jason out was the right one with with Tommy, Lauren, and Dan? Do you think that he was the right one of those four to, to target? I think he was a better target than Lauren, yes. Absolutely. Was he a better target than Tommy? I think so. I think he I think he was a better target because I think he was becoming quite the puppet master. I think he was becoming quite the organizer. Um and the the, the positive note was that Aaron came back to the fold, you know, as opposed to looking like he wasn't going to, it looked like he was going to stray from the pack. And I think Tommy's going to flounder. Um, I think all of a sudden, you know, there was like this guys, you know, guys hanging on there and, you know, making bonds and making ties and whatnot. And all of a sudden, Jason goes, and I think that was the right move. I really do. I don't see or the way it's been presented has not suggested that Tommy is going to be as uh, – he hasn't been as strong as an, as, strong as an individual – as Jason had become. And I, I think, you know, Aaron's very strong, but now he's in a position of power, and I think that's what he wants. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. He's very alpha male, in control. That's the type. I mean, he's a, he's a gym instructor, isn't he? So, I mean, I think he'd be a great gym instructor because I think he would be on your ass. Like, lift those weights! I was going to say, he'd be Come on! your ass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, and again, you know, Tony Tony won his season because it, it just it just worked out right. You can say that with anybody in any season. You know, the stars aligned for that person to win that season. And I think, you know, he – I think Aaron reminds me a lot of a, of a Tony. Um, I think he reminds me a lot of a Mike. I think he's, he's out there and he's, and, he's, and he's running his mouth and he's trying to make moves and he is looking – what did he say? You know, three, four tribal councils down the road. He's not thinking about the next vote. He's thinking about winning and how do I get there. And, you know, good for him. And you have to do that, but you can't forget the short game. You have to look at both and you have to be focused on both because if you can't see the short term, then you'll never make it to the long term. Mm. And, uh, you know, will it work for him? I don't know. Will it not work for him? I don't know. It, you know, it might work, it might not. But right now, Elaine is still in the game. I am becoming more and more of a monster fan of this chick. I am digging her completely. You, I, I think she's awesome. You know who she reminds me of? And this is a very weird comparison, so stay with me. She reminds right. me of, of Russell just... Like, I think it's the accent. The accent is very Russell. I realize uh, Russell's from Louisiana and she's from Kentucky, but maybe I'm just an Australian. All the Southern accents sound the same from all the different states. But I just think just her sort of brash personality, there's just something Russell-esque. I'm not saying the game plays like Russell, but I don't know. It's just the the personality and her mannerisms, to me, it's very Russell-esque. I don't agree with that at all, actually. Respectfully, I, I just, I yeah, just don't, don't respectfully. Because... Just, just tell I'm an idiot. That's all I expect no, from I'm, you, Dan. Come no, on, I'm not because I like <laughs> you, and I'm not going to chuck you under the bus like that. I oh, mean, he likes I value me. He your really opinion. likes me. I oh. do. Yeah, thank you, Sally Fields. No, I mean, <laughs> you know, whether I think that's part of the reason why this world is falling to shit is because just because two people disagree, there can no longer be respect. There can no longer be courtesy because you don't think the way I do, and I have, a, I have such a problem with that. Yeah. So that's why I say it. I respect your opinion. I value your opinion, even though I may disagree with it. 
I still want you to know that I that I value it because you're a diehard fan more so than I am, and and I have a lot of respect for that. For me personally, I don't see her in the Russell category because I don't see her as a prick. I just don't see her as a flaming asshole, and that's that's who Russell is. He wanted to be that villain because it's who he is. I think Elaine is there to play, but I see her. If I'm going to compare her to somebody off the top of my head, I would put her more. I would put her more in the category of Fireman Tom than I would in the in the category of Russell. I think in the end she would try to do it more honorably. Um, I don't think she would be like, listen, I really like you, but you got to go tonight. Sorry, I don't think she would be that nice about it, but um, I would put her, if I had to do a sliding scale between the two of them, I'd put her way more towards Tom than I would towards towards Russell because I think she's too nice. I, I, I would love to get a like a, a, a chart of, of survivors and you have like, Russell on one end and, and Tom on the other and kind of just like a slightly... Where do you sit on the Tom Russell scale, Dan? Uh, well, I guess, I mean, it depends on who you talk to. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, if you're asking, one of the things that I got lambasted for was uh, one of the secret scenes that they released when I got voted out was I was walking off and I said, well, you know something? I felt I wanted to play like a hero, and I felt like I did. And I got crushed. I got crushed for that. People beat me like a baby seal. Oh, they throttled me without mercy. But what I was remembering because of that comment, I made that comment because of something that I was remembering that was never shown, which was the, Mike caught uh, when I, I moved the fishing net and – he showed me we got actually we got a bunch of fish that day, and we had gone on the cheeseburger reward, me, Tyler, Mama C, and Will. And when we came back, Mike had fish, Mike had cooked the last of the chickens, and there was another bird in the pot. And I said, what is that? And he goes, a bird must have flown off of that dead tree, got hung up in the net, got tangled, and he drowned. And I looked at it, and it looked kind of pinkish, like duck. I said, Mike, what color were the feathers? And he said, they were, they were black. I said, was it all black? And he said, yeah, why? I said, throw it away and reboil the pot. And he goes, why? I said, that is called a comorant. And a comorant, eating a cooked comorant, is the same as eating a raw chicken. You can't boil the bacteria out of it. If you eat that, everybody gets sick. Now, had I kept my mouth shut, I could have won the game. Everybody would have gotten sick. I wouldn't have eaten the bird because I knew better. I could have won the game by default, but they never showed that. Hmm. Wow. Did not so, know that. That's I, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So there and you go. There was a strategy. They... You just, you just get every... There's a new strategy for Survivor people. Just catch a comrade, make people <laughs> everyone eat it. Boom. Done. You're a millionaire. <laughs> I don't think this comrade's in Fiji, so I don't <laughs> think it'll work. I, I think after the I think after the first season of Survivor, um, they were doing interviews with celebrities, and they asked Clint Eastwood, and they said, "Hey, how would you do in this game of Survivor?" And he goes, "I would easily win." And they're like, "Why?" And he goes, "I'd kill everybody and win by default." <laughs> so you know, it's, 
There's that strategy. Oh, fantastic. Now, look, before you get to listening to questions, before I ask you uh, sort of some of our closing questions, uh, just just touching on sort of the, the contentious issue of the week because I'm sure people thought, well, Ben's got a good person on this week to talk about things that are slightly uh, controversial <laughs> and uh, topical. Uh, let's talk about race with... Two white men who in the past have been criticised for their views on a... Well, you haven't on race, but anyway, the point is... Uh, um, whatever, yeah. I think... The only thing I really want to... I would say on, on how this thing played out, I don't I don't want to get into the, the finer points of the actual topic itself because I Thank don't, yep, I don't know yep. enough about that to, to really comment on it. The thing that I am disappointed about is that we need to show something like this that wasn't black and white in terms of the level. Because I've seen there's a lot of... There was an article posted about how, you know, um, Jamal actually got a lot of criticism for what he was saying because of the whole debate around this issue. And I think kind of... When you have something that maybe is itself not that clear as to what was said, you're just creating all of a sudden this level of social commentary being brought into drama yeah and i think like it's it's a different thing with what happened with you i think whereas everything that after your slapping shireen comment everything that was happened was outside of the game that wasn't really brought up except for jeff propes in the reunion you know what i'm trying to say there though they didn't kind of focus a whole scene about that and like what we were talking about with vana i think that was valid because i think at that point that was very clear that was very black and white of what happened in oh, that absolutely situation. it was. Whereas this one, I don't know. And I think that while I think it, Jamal handled it very well, I think kind of that scene between him and Jack was, it was a unique scene. I just, do we need that in Survivor? I saw a lot of comments and a lot of commentary about this saying, this isn't what this show is about and why is this now seeping into this show? I don't know. That's where I felt a little bit okay, what did I just watch for five minutes? What was necessary about that in this this series? So the, the best way that I can compare it in my mind is uh, and how full does the hate mail for Dan Foley have to get before it's full? Is it, it's, never mind. So the, the, the best thing I can compare it to is what was his name? Hold on, hold on. Shamar. Mm. from Survivor Philippines, mm-hmm. I think it was. Mm. Um, he was a, do, you know who I'm ta- do you remember who I'm talking about? I know who you're was talking that. about. Uh, it was Karamoan, um, not... Was it yeah. Karamoan? Okay, you might, yeah. yeah, you might be right, but you know who I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I do, yep, yep. Okay, so he was, he was the African-American Marine, and, um, and he, would just, he just looked like the biggest pansy in the world. You know, he wanted to quit, wanted to quit, uh, I don't even remember the, the skinny girl's name who made it all the way to the end. I have no idea what her name is at this point. Oh, uh, Sherry. But she, something like that. You might actually, it might be it exactly. And she needed him. She needed him to stay in the game. So he was like, "Oh, get me food. Oh, I'm just gonna lay here. Get me water." You know, and it was really, really bad. And then he finally got out of the game because he had a grain of sand in his eye. He was a recruit. As a matter of fact, he was a reluctant recruit, from what I heard. From what I heard, the story that I heard was he actually uh, gained some popularity. Why? 
because of the the uh, Occupy Wall Street movement. Mm, yeah. So yep. he he was he was in some kind of a viral video, you know, screaming at the police, lecturing at them. You know, these are Americans and exercising their right to protest, and that was it. Well, they reached out to him, and he they wanted to get him on the show, and he wouldn't fill out the paperwork. They kept sending it to him. He wouldn't fill it out. They paid to have a minion fly from L.A. to New York to go to his home to get him to fill out the paperwork, to fly back with the paperwork, and, and casting said, don't put this guy on. This guy is going to be a black eye. Don't do it. And Probst was like, no, that's the heart of what's going on in the world today. That's, and I think that's why they put this whole scene in. That's I yeah. Think that's a great comparison. Stay, I think he tries to stay um, current event relevant, and I think this type of thing was relevant. And and again, to go back to what I saw Varner had posted today, it shows a maturity in the in the editing process. They could have harped on this in a disgusting way, but instead. You know, it was it happened. There was you know there was discussion. There were uh, there were genuine feelings shared. There was a there was a bona fide apology. There was healing, and it showed growth on everybody's part. And did we need to see it? Probably not. Was it was it relevant to the world today? Kind of. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's. I think that's a really good comparison. I think it's yeah, it's. I agree with everything you said, and I—I I mean, I've just—I've just read Varner's post. I suck haven't up. seen it. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm just doing it purely to suck up. <laughs> I still, having agreed with that though, I still—it's just—it's—it's. I think it's a certain level of. Is what it gratuitous? You, well, it's just. Mm. I think uh, preachy is the word in a way that I might want to use because I—I've I, spoken a lot on previous episodes not just about survivor about other shows we've covered on movies there's a level of preach i think that you can bring into any form of entertainment to to give you a message or kind of comment on maybe the state of the world and and it's not just today it's happening throughout all of history that entertainment tv movies have been used to to lay commentary down on the situation that we live in in society i I understand that it's just i think there's a difference between when you're used to that in a certain type of show like if you're watching Law and Order, or something like that, which is you, you know, expect it. You can exactly yes. you expect it because you've got a fictional world yes. in which you can bring in a real life case and kind of comment on it. I understand that, but it's not like Survivor has done this every season. It's it's not like all of a sudden we had ten seasons ago. Let's involve a, a social commentary about the state of gay marriage in America, or, or let's you know talk about. Uh, you know, something else that is a big debate at the moment like that, like the Me Too movement, or let's bring and talk about the Arab Spring that happened sort of in the Middle East, like if you had a Middle Eastern contestant or something like that. Like, it's if this had happened regularly, then it, I wouldn't have a problem with it. I just think it's when all of a sudden something like this comes into it to that I don't think this is going to affect the game. I do not think we are going to get a vote out of Jack or Jamal based purely on this comment. So it's, it's been put in there, as you said, to remain a relevant topic of conversation. And, I, and again, I'm not here to sit and talk about what the debate was about. Again, I don't know enough about do-rags and things like that to me. It is a word I have never used in my entire life. I barely know right. anything about them. So I can't comment on any opinion on that whole debate. To me, it is just the point that we have something like this preached down to us on a show 
which really to me needs to have a narrative of the story rather than just let's have a comment commentary on the society that we live in right now. Well, and I think that comment of yours actually has a very double-edged sword to it because on the one hand, I do. I, I, I absolutely agree with you that you know, if they were doing this all the time, then it would make sense. If it was a different kind of show, then it would make sense, blah, blah, blah. However, as I'm fairly famous for saying before I say something absolutely horrible, however, <laughs> I think the fact that it doesn't get said very often, things like this aren't said very often. So when they are, they want to capitalize on it. And I, and I think that... I think the way they handled it is kind of a testament to, as and I'm, again, I'm going to repeat myself. I think it's a testament to the to the maturity and the growth that Survivor is showing. Because instead of harping on this horrible thing and making it such a negative thing, they did, you know, they saw it through to a a great conclusion. Why? Because that's what happened. They didn't make it that way. I'm hoping they didn't make it that way. I'm hoping organically it came to this uh, this peaceful resolution, this this building of bridges, this building of of awareness, and this building of 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 bonding, you know, between two people from very different worlds that are thrown into this you know this nightmare of a game, um, and and I think that's a positive thing. So no, we don't watch Survivor for the political commentary. We we watch Survivor because it's an escape. You know, we enjoy that. But the fact that there are so few opportunities in the show to give us this type of thing, I think they wanted to capitalize it because it's relevant, because it's such a hot topic nowadays. Mm. So was it the right thing to do? I don't know. Um, but I... I do. I will stand by my comment that I think they handled it well. That did they have to handle it? No, I don't think they had to. But the fact that they did handle it, I think they handled it well. I think they handled it nicely, and uh, you know, it looked like it worked out well for everybody. But I also agree with you when you say this is not going to change anything in the game one way or another. Uh, maybe. Who knows? I mean, it could. If it does, yeah. I will. I will retract my comments in about you know uh, eight weeks' time or something like that. So yeah, no, it's um, it's interesting. But I think it's early enough. I think it's early enough in the game that it's not going to affect anything. Yeah, but, and look, and I also uh, think too. Like, I mean, I might sound a little bit contradictory in my comments earlier about how you know relationships were a lot more prominent back in the early days, and here we have a, a beautiful scene between two people having a conversation. And like again, I said before when I brought this up that I think it was a great scene between these two. It's a unique scene. Uh, again, it's just down yes. to my opinion of not necessarily agreeing. We need to see something like this, but I think then, that, as I said, kind of contradicts myself about the belief about relationships. Um, and it, it was yeah, it was a, it was a very I guess, you know, human moments between these two people, yes. as, as you said, from different walks of life, uh, kind of sharing a, a unique moment around a, a campfire and basically having a, a conversation. So CBS have seen this and, and capitalized on it. So I guess that, that's what they've done. That's what we've seen. And here's two people having a chat on a podcast about it 24 hours later. Well, and, and like I said, it's relevant to the world today. And mm -hmm. look at that. You and I, you know, from, you know, from completely different parts of the world, you know, we're talking about it in a very, um, you know, in a very upbeat manner 
you know, talking about the positivity that came from it, wondering why we had to see it, but in the end, still, you know, it's still a positive thing, and I, that part, that it should be applauded. Sure. I really yep. think from that perspective, it needs to be. As always, uh, two straight white men, uh, the, the two people best to talk about uh, relevant yeah, <laughs> topical conversations yeah. in the world. Yeah. I know everybody was just like, oh, God, why won't white men give their opinions? Come on, straight white yes. men. We need you to talk up about Ugh. these things. You're so silent on these issues. You never have a voice. Uh. Um, we've got some listener questions to get to. Actually, before I do, though, quick fire question for you. Who's your winner's tip right now at this point of the game? Ooh, who do I call as the winner right now? Mm. Um, I got to tell you, I'm I'm worried about Elaine. I think she's she's drawing a lot of attention to herself. But um, I mean, Karishma, uh, God no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Aaron is Aaron and Tommy. I I, I think they have uh, too much. They have too much attention drawn on them. Lauren doesn't have enough. She doesn't have enough going on. Jamal's drawn a lot of bad attention. Um, I got to tell you though, I'm I'm I, I, I I'm going to put money on I'm going to put money on Elaine. Okay, I like her. If she I can make, if she Elaine can make win. it, that would be such a great. I would win. too. I would be thrilled beyond words to see an Elaine win. She would be the I most really exciting would. winner. Um, I think so too. In, in a long oh, time, gosh. since Tony, I'm going to yeah. say that right now. In terms of character wise, since Tony. I don't know about that. I think uh, I think Mike had quite the character. I think True. I'd put, I'd, yeah, I, I you know, and again, maybe I'm just biased. I don't You're know. Very biased. I think suck up. I Mike's think, listening. I, yep, <laughs> yep. Damn right. Uh, dirty thirty for life. I I really do. I think Mike played. Um, I think Mike played a better game. I think he was. Uh, I I think he put himself at the bottom of the food chain with what happened at the auction, and he you know he dug himself out of it just by sheer grit. And, you know, Tony only won the game because of Wu. Mike won the game because of himself. Hmm. And I think that's the difference between the two of them. I, I would love to have that topic of conversation, debating the merits of Tony's win versus Mike, but that's for another episode. I don't necessarily agree with you that Tony only won that because of Wu, but uh, it helped. Don't get me wrong. Wu um, made the choice. Wu made the choice to bring him. I think Tony did a lot more before that, though, <laughs> just to get to the yep. end. But... Yeah, uh, we'll have that discussion. We will have that discussion, right. absolutely. Um, I, I'm still, I'm giving a male and female winner pick every week. I'm still backing Elizabeth in the female category. I think she's just there and thereabouts, getting a decent enough edit. I, she's there. I think so too. I yep. think she could be. I think she's. I think she's strong, but quiet enough mm. that that could be a real possibility. I'm just concerned for her once it gets to the merge. I think her physical prowess is going to shine, and she's going to be a perceived threat. Um, I don't think Elaine is going to have enough of a physical presence in the in the challenges. So I think other people are going to be bigger threats sooner than she is. And I think if she can learn, but Elizabeth, I I, I don't disagree. I think she is a genuine contender. My my male winner's pick has been Tommy for quite some time, just based on the edit. He's just constantly getting enough screen time without really kind of being too much. He's obviously in a bit of shit now uh, with this vote, yeah. and I think, he'll, <laughs> I think he'll be a target before Dan or um, Lauren are. 
So if they lose next week, I don't have a lot of hope that he can survive. But if he can hang on and make it to the merge, I think Tommy will be in a good position. So I'm still just going to say Tommy because of all the other males in this game. Um, again, we are down for a female winner. It's been a while. I think kind of the signs are good right now. To me, I saw a lot of love for Dean that it could be a bit of a Fabio win, but I don't know. Um, I was just going to say, what do you think about Dean? I was just going to say that. Yeah, I mean, again, it's I, I'm just trying to so hard read into sort of how much screen time you're getting and everything as well. I mean, Dean's getting enough. Dean's doing a bit. Um, you know, he had that sort of moment with Kelly last week as well. So yeah, yep. I yep. just, I just, I just don't think a man's winning this game. I think that a female will win this game, and I just, I, there's not a real standout amongst the males because you, you've got a lot of doubts on the males. Whereas I think there's at least a couple of females you can be like, yeah, I can make a strong case for them with only a limited amount of doubts. So yeah, I, I saying right now they're my two on the on both sides of the gender spectrum, but I, I would say that a female will win this game. So that would make Elizabeth my clear choice right now. Apparently, so there you go. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, we've got to rate this episode too. If you remember our lovely rating system, if you love this episode, you're going to buy it. If you thought it was okay, you're going to rent it. And if you thought it was shit, you're going to bin it. You're going to trash it. So, Dan, what are you doing with this episode? <laughs> Buying it, binning it, or renting it? I mean, compared to the other five episodes, I'm buying it. It's mm-hmm. It was, so far to me, it was the best episode of the season thus far, hands yep. down. Agree, completely agree. Hands I, down. I, I would even go out on a limb, and I don't like making claims like this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I'd say this is the best uh, episode we've had in a couple of years. So I, I really enjoyed this week's episode. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm buying it as well. So I think it was a solid end. And it was the first first time in a while, I think, watching US Survivor that I've genuinely left the episode and go, wow, like, that was pretty cool. Like, you know, great moment. So, yeah. So yeah, I would, I would also agree with you that, uh, yeah, if we're actually going back a couple years, yeah, this may be the best episode they've had in a few years. Yeah. Um, I, I would agree with that. Let's get into some listener questions, as always, to everybody who sent these in. Thank you very much. If you want to know who we've got on each week, hit us up on social media. We always post at least a day or so in advance who we've got, and you can send these listener questions in to get yourself involved. Now, a few on Facebook this week, which is great. Uh, we often usually get them via email, but I like it when we get the uh, Facebook ones. Uh, Dan Sokol. Hello, nice. Dan. He says, yes, he's back. What did you think <laughs> of the last few seasons, and what do you think of the all Winners cast. Should Mike be there? 100 Excuse me. 155,000%. <laughs> Mike, is, Mike is a superlative player compared to, uh, I'm sorry, the last few winners. I, 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 I think it is, uh, I think it's insulting that he's not there. Um, Mike, is in, Mike is an incredibly dynamic committed person to play this game he made it clear to me first time we played he's going to be he's not only going to tie Sandra's record he's going to take it and the fact that they won't let him come back um, you know there are rumors about why which I'm not going to say on the air um, and I think it's I think it's an insult I think it's an insult and I think it's actually harmful to the overall game because I think he is a dynamic enough player. I think he is a savvy enough player. Um, and I think it's just wrong. I think it's wrong that he's not going back. It was a shock. That is it was not, really that's a not shock. a suck-up. Well, yeah. I mean, this isn't a suck-up either, because, like, I mean, 
I I've met Mike. I've I've hung out with Mike. Uh, you know everything in the past. I think he's a super nice guy. Um, you know who to me, you know, would be, he's great television. He's not my favorite winner. He's not in my top ten winners. I will be completely honest with that. But I think from a character yeah, point of view, I think he would be fantastic. And I I really didn't understand it. And while I may not be the biggest Mike fan in the world, I still think he would have made for better television and more interesting gameplay than at least a handful of the ones that we do have coming back. I think Mike is... um, I do. I think Mike is seriously underrated. I think Mike is an incredibly smart player. I think Mike is an incredibly savvy player. And even when he does something horrible, you still cannot help but like the guy because of who he is. And uh, I think that uh, most of the lists that I've seen about the, you know, the power rankings of all the winners, Mike is generally placed in the middle, and I think that's unfair. I think it's really unfair. I think he is a much smarter player because if you look at the cast and the people that we had, and um, I think he was very, very smart about the way he went about things, and I think he is a grossly underrated player to win the game. And I think it's unfortunate and unfair. Um, and if they're going to have an all-winner season, the fact that he isn't there, I think that's a travesty. What's your viewpoint on on the general gist of that whole cast? The I mean, I should say rumored cast, but come on, everyone knows what the cast is. It's, it's more than rumored, yeah. Dan. Like I think we all know what it's, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, I think there are some lame ducks on there. I think they've thrown some some lame winners in there, and I don't think they deserve to be there. Uh, I don't think, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I don't think Ben deserves to be there. He doesn't deserve it. He didn't deserve to win the game. He doesn't deserve to go back on a winner's season. He just doesn't. He doesn't. That was a pandering season from beginning to end, and that's when they started the, hey, this guy sucks so bad, we're going to take the vote away from you. But since it looks so horrible, we're just going to do it every season from now on. And I just think that's, I think that's a disgrace. This game is, has always been and was always supposed to be about the players playing against each other. And they knew that he couldn't win, so we have to make it so he can. And I just, he has no business going back. And Ben, if you're listening, I am sorry. I'm sure you're a wonderful person. I am only speaking strictly from the game perspective and from a fan. I just, to put somebody like him on there and not Mike is just, that to me is just a disgrace. I look forward to getting you on next season so we can talk about Ben then. Uh, there we go. I'll make sure you're on the list. <laughs> Put you clearly at the top there, perhaps. Um, yeah, I still Dixon. can't control my mouth. So, Chris, that's why we get you on. That's why we get you on. Chris Dixon, a very good friend. Uh, Chris, thanks for your question. says, um, who are your best friend that you have made from Survivor and would you play again if asked? <laughs> Um, I mean, Tyler, Joe, Mike, Sierra, um, Will, Rodney, Carolyn. Um, I was down in Florida a couple years ago, reached out to Lindsay while I was down there. Uh, I still talk to the majority of the cast. Um, Shireen? You know, no. Oddly (laughs) enough, no. That's why I said majority. Always gets brought up. Always gets brought up. Just had to check. You could have, you could have. Healed some wounds. I don't know. Life changes. You no, never know. <laughs> no, no. Uh, hey, how about those Patriots? Huh? They're eight and zero, right? Yeah. yeah. Patriots Buffalo, are looking Buffalo good this year. Buffalo are six and two. We're doing all right, so I'll, I'll take that. <sighs> you know, I used to love Buffalo until they screwed Doug Flutie, and then I jumped off the bandwagon. So uh, 
I've been on the bandwagon since I was a kid. I don't even know why. I don't of all the major US Canadian sports, it's the one I probably follow the least down with baseball. Well, I've I've stuck on the Bills bandwagon since they lost four Super Bowls in a row. We'll get one eventually. Oh, I was maybe. I was on the bandwagon then. I stayed on the bandwagon through all four of them. Oh, poor Jim Kelly. Oh my god. Oh. And that field goal kick by the Giants to to screw them in the in the spread, but um, hey, I like how I distracted you from that topic of conversation. <laughs> so, no, the the majority of the cast, I you know, we still talk. As a matter of fact, I'm flying out to Utah uh, in a few weeks because Joe and Sierra are getting I married. I was going to ask if you got the invite, and you just answered my question. That makes me happy that yes. you're going. Oh, there we go. Yes, it's. Uh, I'm certainly looking forward to it. And how many I'm of the cast are going? I, I could imagine nearly all of them would be. Then would they? Uh, the majority of them, I, I don't actually. I don't know. I don't know what the guest list looks like. So um, there's going to be a, a four-person bed and breakfast with nine of us sleeping in there. So we'll see how that goes. Now <laughs> it's going to be like it's going to be like flashbacks. Uh, I hope Sharin's there, and I hope she's in that. I want to see the drama unfold. Yes. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, those Patriots are still looking good, though, aren't they? Huh? It ain't now. And I'm guessing you would play again. I think we've talked about that in the past. I'm assuming you'd go in a heartbeat, wouldn't you? I would have to give it some serious consideration. I would. I would. I would. I would have to give it some very, very serious consideration whether I would go back or not. Any particular reason why, or just? One of those things you'd have to think about if you ever got the phone call? Uh, just one of those things. I'd have to, you know, see where I'm at in my life. Um, I set out to play the game. I got to play the game, and uh, I was thrilled to play the game. Um, you know, I, I've got the check mark on my bucket list. Um, you know, and uh, would I do it again? Eh, I guess I'd have to see. Maybe they'll have to pay I, you handsome like Boston I, Rob so you can stay in one of those oh, yeah, mansions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I want to yeah. see the Dan Foley head statue on Fiji Beach. Come on now. <laughs> there would be so much reflection of light that the half the island would burn from it. I can't have that happen. Come on, that's just mean. Breaking news, Fiji burnt down today because of the reflection <laughs> on a giant of statue of US TV show Survivor. <laughs> Yeah, no, you know what the headline would be? Dan Foley burns half of Fiji. That's what the headline would be. That's uh, aw- Thanks, guys. Appreciate and let's, that. Let's be honest. We, we talked about this last time, brought us a very memorable moment when we had this discussion up, but you know what would happen as soon as Fiji burns down? Certain podcasts would have an emergency arson podcast. Like, come on, guys, yes. stop being arsonists. Yep. Put the button exactly. down, Rob. Yep. Bring it up again. Yep. Just- Yep, we're going to have an emergency podcast on the arson, uh, the arson of Dan Foley and his criminal behavior. Oh yeah, we have to. Ooh, gotta have that, wanker. <laughs> uh, thanks, Chris. Uh, Greg Goldberg. Um, I really appreciated your character hey, in the Mighty Ducks movie. Uh, you were a fantastic goalkeeper for the um, the District Five <laughs> and the Ducks. <laughs> Great work there, Greg Goldberg. Um, you have the best Listen, name. Greg. Seriously, dude. If you if do not play make, ice hockey, you need make, to. <laughs> if you're going to make a movie comparison, I'm Chunk. All right? I can do the truffle <laughs> shuffle like nobody's business. Thank you very much. Okay? Um, Which is still better than calling me sloth. So, you know, I'll take it. Greg says, do you, do you still work as a mailman? Uh, technically, I'm, I work for the post office, but I'm not a mailman. Um, right. I am a, I am an, I have been promoted 
Oh. I am now what's called I am what's called an electronic technician. So nice. I actually I actually repair the high tech, high voltage automated equipment. And it's kind of the, the running joke uh, at our job that we could we could literally not just figuratively, this isn't a hyperbole, we can actually die probably five times every work shift with the, the levels of electricity that we work with. Hmm. Um, it's actually a very it's actually a very dangerous job and I love it. I, I love what I do. Um, so yeah, I'm still a, I'm still a postal worker, but I'm a technician, and I also am a union rep, and I'm also an, a landlord. I own a couple of apartment buildings, and I'm an auto mechanic, and I'm a drywaller, and I'm an electrician, and I'm a notary public. So you I have seven God. jobs. You are my guy. <laughs> you do everything. I, I'm a jerk of all trades and a master of none. Yes, that's. Uh, <laughs> Good comparison. I like that. Thanks, Greg, for that one. Uh, Deidre uh, says, first time listed question, Ben, I enjoy your Survivor coverage. Excited for the new Australian Survivor podcast. Of course, download Australian Survivor archives now available. Uh, and we will get, will we get to hear fan <laughs> favorites, Des and Craig on this show? Uh, yes, hopefully, Deidre, when we eventually get to those seasons. Uh, the question for Dan, <laughs> on a scale of one to 10, how well oh, will Ben God. do in challenges if he got on Survivor since you have seen him perform at Reality Rally? I never lived this down. Deidre, like, come on. Wow. Wow. There are, uh, wow. Um, I feel like uh, Ben has grown as an individual and he has focused a lot. I, uh, that's what I'm saying. I think he is, he has grown in, uh, internally, emotionally, but shrunk physically. And I think that as a, uh, as a, as a budding challenge beast, I would be proud to work with Ben again in any challenge, regardless of the outcome. Oh, what a suck up. You're learning so well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that, though. I genuinely mean that. You know something? It doesn't matter where we placed. We had a ton of fun. I was thrilled to be there with you. It really was great to spend time talking with you through different interviews and online and, and, and to actually get an opportunity. That is one of the great things that people don't think or really talk that much about Survivor when you get the chance to do it. And, you know, meeting somebody like you, I genuinely mean that. You're a great guy. You've got a great heart. You've got a great attitude. And I, I really I was thrilled to play, you know, play Reality Rally with you. So I would, I would be on your team anytime. That it was. was. We didn't was beat really Mike, which still pissed me <laughs> off, but still. I loved how anyone but Mike champ. The best, the, the thing I loved about that though was how hilarious. Like we got this big chant going, and then as you and I are crossing that line, who's standing there holding a trophy? Mike going like, "Anyone but Mike, anyone but like, rubbing it in our face." And we're like, "All right, fair play, buddy. Well done." <laughs> oh, that was really yeah. It was you and me and Carolyn on her team, and anyone yeah. but Mike. Oh my God, that was great. Yep, there you go. Oh, that was funny. Good times. Um, Layla says, this was the best episode of Survivor in a long time. It had character growth, real story development as players, edge of your seat moments, good gameplay, and so much more. Best episode of Survivor in four years. Well, we just we raised that agreed. a few seasons ago, Layla. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I don't agreed. know. I, I think four years. What was that? Eight seasons ago. So we'd be back to second chance. That was the year after my, my season. Yeah. Yeah, no, they, I mean, there really aren't standouts in a lot of those seasons, are there? So, there yeah. There haven't been. They've been really lackluster, unfortunately. They've just, 
you know, and I don't want to take away from anybody, you know, the, playing the game itself is an accomplishment, but, I mean, most of the past few seasons have just been snooze fests, mm. you know, it, it's been sad. Yeah, no, they've kind of all blended into each other, so, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Sophie says, a two-part question, first of all, who are you rooting the, the for? The winner? Uh, yeah, <laughs> she wouldn't be emailing us, trust me. Um <laughs> Enough things I've said about her over the years. Um, she she says, who are you rooting for on the all-winner season as part one of her questions? Um, God. You know something? I don't even remember who the win- who's actually playing. Is Sandra going to play? She is, yes. Her and Rob are there. Yeah, then, then Sandra. Sandra? I, 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 would, I would love to see her get the hat trick. Absolutely love to see her get the hat trick. It would be pretty I mean, crazy. I think we'd kind of, you know, have that undisputed argument pretty much settled then, wouldn't we, to have three, <laughs> three-time winner yeah. of Survivor. So, I mean, yeah. I got to say, I would, I would like to see Danny Boatwright win. Oh, God, yes. She's, I have always said from day one, if there's ever an all-winner season, that Danny would be my favorite to win. And yes. And I... Will I'm no a big doubt fan. stick to. The, I am yeah, mad fan. Out of all the winners' interviews I've done over the years, she's probably the one that I took the most out of it to really discover how she played that game, and incredibly underrated. Just maybe the most underrated winner in the history of Survivor. So yeah, I'm. I, there. I do. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, you know, since you know they're they've snubbed Mike. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm a huge Danny Boatwright fan. Always have been. Um, got to meet her. She was personable and pleasant and polite and courteous and kind, and I was just a you know just a fan back in the day. Um, she had no idea who I was, and she was still just as gracious as 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 could be, uh, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I don't get starstruck by anybody. I never have, and I probably never will. But it was still really cool, and I was still very, uh, very, very just so pleased that she took the time. You know, to to just talk to this ugly, fat, bald guy. You know, who traveled halfway across the country, and uh, she took the time to talk to me. So, Fantastic. yeah, I agree with you. I think she's I think she's an underrated player. Um, uh, you know, I would l- really like to see that. Um, but not her, if not her, Sandra. Screw them all. Give her the hat trick. I, <laughs> I want to see it. Oh, it'd be hilarious if it happened. Uh, the second part of the question, uh, aside from Mike. Who are the two people, a man and a woman, that you are most disappointed not to see on that season? Jeez, I don't know who isn't going to be there. I can tell you can my you, man Brian Hardick's not there and I'm crying. So um Yeah, you'll never see him back. I no, hate to say no. that. That's a that's a heartbreak. Well if we if we that's go through uh, I mean off the top of my head, so Richard's not there, Tina's not there, Vesepia's not, Brian's not, Ugh. uh Jenna's not um, Sandra Amber are Chris Doherty's not Tom Westman's not no. uh, Aris isn't Earl isn't yeah. Todd isn't that's a travesty come on let's all agree on that one um, uh, Bob uh, JT Crowley will never go back Natalie They'll White never take isn't back. Sandra is Fabio isn't Rob is Sophie is Kim is Denise is uh, Cochran isn't uh, Denise Denise. Yeah, I like Denise. Okay. Yeah, oh, Denise, like is Denise, oh, Denise is there. Denise is. But she is, is going to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, who have we got? Tyson 
is. Yeah, he is. Tony is. Okay. Natalie is. Mike isn't. Uh, Jeremy is. Uh, Adam is. No, uh, who have I missed? No, Michelle, sorry. Michelle is. Adam is. Um, Sarah is. God, I'm, I, I can't believe I can remember these winners now in the newer seasons. when they're I all can't believe in. it either. Holy ben, crap, dude. Holy Rain Man, Batman. Ben is. Wendell is. Um, uh, Nick is. And new Chris isn't. So, uh, wow. Jesus. How do I remember the newer? I can't even. When you said Shamar before, I struggled to remember who he was. Um, dude, that was season 26. Those that seasons. is incredible. I am <laughs> so impressed, Rain Man. I Thank really you. am. Thank you. I'll just quickly uh, remove this list of Survivor Winners page on my computer in front of me. Um, <laughs> I don't believe you for a no, second. No, <laughs> seriously. I, I will admit, I usually have lists in front of me to help me, to make me sound smart. Didn't have one that time around. I will swear yeah, on whatever you no, want No, you to. didn't need it. That was amazing. Um, phew, God, I don't even know. I... You blew there through that list so fast. What are the women who aren't going to be there? There's, uh, I mean, there's Tina, been... Unfortunately. Tina would be my – I would like to see Tina there. I mean, obviously, she's getting – you know, she is aging very, very gracefully, but I would like to see her be back. Um, so she would be my, my choice for the women that aren't going to be there. I would I'm like to see her. I'm pretty sure uh, if the rumors were true just before the sort of the official cast was sort of leaked, the, the two that were kind of removed last minute from the list were Tina and Mike. And obviously, you know more about Mike probably than we do. But I then heard that Tina and Mike were kind of the alternates. I don't know if that's true or not. But I think no, Tina was very that's not close. That isn't, not, that's that isn't, not true. That isn't. I don't know about Tina. I don't know anything about that. But I can tell you for a fact that that is an un, a completely untrue statement about Mike. Okay. That is a totally untrue statement. I'm gonna to have to dig this out uh, of you one day. Maybe we'll get we'll get you drunk or something like that. Um, good Ray, luck on that one. Ray says, uh, "I'm just gonna accept your male answer as Mike because you know we we, we I know she, they said not Mike, but come on, it's Mike. Like <laughs> that's the one you're disappointed about. So it is. I'm I'm I, I'm heartbroken about it. I think Mike is he isn't just good TV. He's a great player." And I think he is grossly underestimated, and I think it's I think it's unfair. And I think if they're going to put people like Nora on TV, then you know they should have somebody that's going to create conflict, not conflict, but he's going to create chaos, and he's going to do anything, anything to win that game. And that's what you want. That's what you want in this game. Mm-hmm. And I think it's you know I've actually came up with an idea that I would love to see. I would love to see it because I know they could do it. It would be called Survivor Cutthroat Island. And some super fan heard me say this in an interview and then hosted his own online Survivor and stole my title. And he put it on. And um, Survivor Cutthroat Island would only have players from one of three different categories. People that have, and it's going to be the power of ten. People that have applied for a minimum of 10 years, people that have applied a minimum of 10 times, or people that have driven over 10,000 miles to go to open casting calls. That hmm. is the only pool of people you will take from because these are your diehard fans. These are people that could be bleeding out their eyes and they'd be like, no, I'm fine. I'm not going anywhere. And these are people that are there to play the game. 
And I, I believe with all my heart that you could find enough people that have dynamic personalities to make for interesting television, but still have these, these big super fans that aren't in the, you know, in the crazy category that, just, that are just, just ridiculous, you know, and they've pulled a few of those. That'd be interesting. So, yeah. I, I, I mean, I would watch it no matter what it was, but I mean... Of course. That's, that's yeah, I'd, that'd be a very interesting one. So they, if they steal it, then, you know, expect not to get royalties from it. So, um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually, I actually started saying they should have a vote nullifier. And sure enough, it showed up last season, didn't it? Well, that um, that appeared on Australian Survivor before it appeared on US Survivor. So a lot of people think they took that from Australian Survivor. So maybe the Aussies listened to you. Oh, really? Then. So, yeah. Oh, well, so clearly you heard me across the pond, too, so clearly. I'm still take credit for it. You're so. welcome. Oh, clearly yep. that influence that yep. uh, we have over this side. Uh, Ray, now you've already answered part of this question, uh, says, have you ever met Sandra or Boston Rob? We know you've met Sandra. I've been at the same event as you and Sandra. So uh, Boston Rob, uh, have you met Boston Rob before? No, I'm beneath such people. That's not. <laughs> no, no, no. Us peasants do not get to fraternize with royalty as such. No, no. <laughs> Oh, one Got day. It. You never know. Uh, I'm going to wrap this up with our bestie, Granny Survivor. Don't know if you remember Granny. I think the last time she was going to slap someone. Um, so hopefully she's not slapping anyone today. Uh, hello, dears. A great week of Survivor. The hot box continues to be amazing with Sandra and Rob's commentary. I was on the edge of my seat, worried my girl Elaine was going home. My question for Dan. Well, I think you've already answered this one. What was it like meeting Ben in person? And what was your first... Oh, here we go. What was your first reaction to meeting me. Oh, God, he's a sexy motherfucker, isn't he? Jesus. That he was do devastatingly justice. handsome. Holy, <laughs> I mean, I am I am nowhere near straight as a rainbow. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I looked at this dynamic, just chiseled god of masculinity, and I thought, <laughs> that's, I, that's all I could think to myself. That's all I could think. You know, you know that, no, um, honest, that encouraged honest, me to uh, put that on my Tinder profile and uh, look where I am today. <laughs> Honestly, what I thought was um, his personality was every bit as big as everything I heard on the phone, everything I heard online, and it was the smile from ear to ear. I, I'll remember that to the day I die, and honestly, I don't know if, if you remember it, but my smile was every bit as big because I was thrilled to have met you. So I hugged the shit out of you, Dan, and I think that that was a you, you're a bloody good hugger. I just want to point that out to the world. <laughs> so, um, just that's what I remember uh, between you and Richard Hatch. Actually, uh, good hugs. So, just you know, I I hugs to me are like handshakes, and the way that I learned to shake someone's hand is. Um, you don't shake their hand too soft because they think little of you, and it's and you look to be a weak person. But you don't uh, you don't put too much pressure on them, so because then they feel like you're trying to overwhelm them. You're feeling they feel intimidated by you. You want to match the pressure. You want to match the handshake. And when you kiss a woman, it's the same thing. You don't kiss a woman; she kisses you, and you kiss her the way she kisses you. And she'll think you're a great kisser. Well, because you're kissing her the way she's kissing you. Hugs, same thing. It's exactly the same. You don't want to overhug somebody. You don't want to underhug somebody. You want to match that hug, and you want to be right in there with them. And you came at me with a hug like, like we were long-lost friends, and I felt the same way, and I wanted to make sure 
that I returned that hug so you knew I was excited to was meet to meet you as I felt like you were to meet me. Well, I'm sure so you could tell by great. that hug how excited I was to meet you, Dan. It wasn't just. Um... <laughs> You know, even though I was third choice to play with, but still, it was still I honored. I was could have honored. been worse. You could have been fourth choice. All right, so just careful. <laughs> uh, just watch it. Thank you very much. Um, second question: If you were stuck on an island of the idols for thirty-nine days with anybody from your season, who do you pick and why? Who do I pick? Him? If I was on that season, no, from oh, your season. No, two ways. Yeah, from my season. If I'm on this season with somebody yeah. from my season. Correct, yes. Oh, no two ways about it. Shireen, because she'd get voted off. No problem. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> but I think I think what they're saying here, I think what Granny's saying, though, like you are, quote, living in the mansion. Um, so you're like uh, Robin Sandra. So like you, there's a giant Shireen oh, head and there's a giant oh, oh, Dan oh. head. Oh, I see what she's saying. Uh, two people, me and... I, I mean, it's it's got to be Mike. It's got to be Mike. You know, he he had such a good command of the game. He had such a good uh, a presence of mind. He had such a good everything about the game. Um, and he and I would just, oh, my God, we would fuck with each other mercilessly when the cameras weren't on us. And I think they would just get, I mean, they would just have such fodder for, you know, like the behind-the-scenes stuff with him and I just, fucking with each other and it would be epic it would just be wonderful television from start to finish and i would feel bad because i think we would get so much airtime. you know it, we would we would distract from the you know from the players more so than than, than what's going on now um I, I still love mike with all my heart he could pick up the phone tomorrow and tell me that he needs me and i would drop everything and fly down to texas without a love second it. thought Great. Fantastic. I love hearing that. Uh, thanks, Granny, for the question. Well, she's got the true or false game here. We'll quickly close it out with um, right, random facts about random seasons of Survivor. Uh, and I think okay. last week, Leslie got all of them right. So no pressure here, Dan. Um, Ooh, no true pressure. or false? In China, after the tribal switch on day 13, Courtney did not flip onto a different team. Really? Oh, you're an asshole. Um, <laughs> false. It's true. It's true. Blood and damnation. First question, <laughs> I suck at life. God damn it. Number two. <sighs> China's a trend here. Because again, Eric on um, China unveiled a fake immunity idol at tribal council before his elimination. Say that again? One Eric. more time. Unveiled yep. a fake immunity idol at tribal council oh. before his elimination. False. Correct. Uh, it was actually Aha! victory is mine. Jamie, who did that. So there you go. Nice. Um, number three. A visit to Panda Bear Sanctuary was never included in the rewards on China. A visit to Panda Bear Sanctuary hmm. was never included never in the season included. of China. Mm-hmm. Let me see. That's true. That is true. That is not a reward that we saw. That would have been a very memorable one, actually. I would have liked that. That would have been um, pretty memorable. On Fiji, five people 
avoided attending tribal council because they were stranded on Exile Island. In the original, do I have to name all five of them, or can I name anybody? No, no, no. You just you just have to tell me if it's true or false. It was it five people that avoided attending tribal council because of Exile Island? False. Correct. It was only three. There you go. Look yes. at this. You're doing well. Okay. Number five. And actually, I will correct myself. Leslie got four out of five last week, but she got a bonus point on one of ones. That's why she got five points. So you could tie Leslie ah. here for getting four out All of right. five here. So here we go. Tough, uh, 80% uh, success rate here. Uh, Sylvia Kwan from Fiji is the second castaway in Survivor to only be given their first tribe affiliation after someone with a tribe affiliation, had been eliminated. Dude, do you have a life? Where do you come up with these questions? This is Granny Survivor, Dad. She doesn't have much life left. She's old. Oh, my God. You respect her. Granny, you're killing me. I thought you came up with these. Granny, these are awesome. You, (laughs) you are wonderful. Good for you, Granny. Respect your elders, Dan Foley. Read read the question again to me one more time. Oh, my God. This this is why our interviews take like four hours because the questions are so long. Um, Sylvia Kwan from Fiji. Sylvia Kwan, yeah. Sylvia Kwan from Fiji is the second castaway in Survivor to only be given their first tribe affiliation after someone with the tribe affiliation had been eliminated. So basically, she was put on a tribe only. That's true. So you're saying it's true. She's the, the second castaway ever that that happened to. Sure. It's false. She is the first because and she only was the first? survivor in history not to be part of a tribe until someone had been eliminated first. Was voted so she, out. She right. was tribeless. If you remember at Fiji, it started with 19 people and they all lived together basically before they were split up. And then Sylvia was sent straight to uh, exile because we had um, one contestant pull out just before the, the season started. So the only season with odd number of people, of course, was Fiji. So uh, there you go. Uh, thanks, Granny. Hopefully I didn't kill you with that comment. I have a habit of uh, naming people in death and they die a week later on uh, our podcast. Oh, so. my God. Sorry, Roger Moore. I, poli- I apologize, Roger time. Moore, that I killed you still. Um, Dan, pleasure as always, mate. Always a lot of fun. Thank you so much uh, for, for joining us. And, yeah, I look forward to getting you on back next season so uh, you can spend a good hour or two talking about your beloved Ben because what a great name that man has, <laughs> but maybe not your favorite player. <laughs> It's always a pleasure. I cannot thank you enough. It's I'm always very flattered when you when you want to have me on the show. So thank you. I really do appreciate it. Big thanks to Dan once again for coming on the show and chatting all things to do with Survivor Island of the Idols and to everyone who sent in listener questions. There's a couple here that I, well, one, really, I guess I could say that uh, didn't really touch on, uh, more directed to me. I sort of answered one there throughout those listener questions that was directed mainly at me, but it's sort of more of a case this one just did not have anything to do with Dan. Uh, so this one's from Fabronia. Fabronia saying, looking forward to Australian Survivor Archives, Ben, and learning about the history. Will you get Andy from Season 6 as an interview? As an ultra fan, as he claims, I'm dying to hear him on your podcast, Ben and Matt. Uh, I would say yes. I think uh, the gist of what we're trying to achieve with that in terms of interviews and things like that is if we generally go through them in 
chronological order from season one through to the current season of season six. It'll take us a few years, obviously. We're not going to rush through it all. But we will get interviews with the players from those respective seasons as we go along. So, for example, the plan would be when we eventually go to Andy's boot episode from the most recent season of Australian Survivor, that then would follow with an episode, uh, an interview with Andy, essentially. So that would be the plan and you will see that in the coming weeks with season one that we're getting started with. We've actually already got a couple of interviews already set up, so uh, very much looking forward to getting those out there. And if you don't know what we're talking about, Australian Survivor Archives, the history of Australian Survivor, we're going to cover it all. Uh, available now uh, via iTunes. We've just submitted it to iTunes as well as Spotify, and we're going to be putting it up on the other channels as well. Or if you just like Australian Survivor Archives on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, you can stay up to date with everything there. Next week, we will have another contestant on for a recap of Island of the Idols. Now... I've been saying this now for about two, three, four weeks now about this three-time contestant. Uh, hopefully next week. It's uh, just a scheduling thing that we're having some initially issues knuckling it all down. So hopefully that will uh, come to fruition next week. But stay tuned. As I said, we always let you know who we've got as soon as we know, and then you can jump online and send some questions in. So that's what we want you to do. And outside, of course, of our Survivor coverage, our Star Wars coverage is ramping up. We're into the solo movie this week. We're into the, so the movies in between the prequels and the originals. That's what I'm trying to say, the story episodes. So we've done solo this week we'll have rogue one for you next week and then we move into the original trilogies which i'm sure you're very excited about we'll also have our terminator dark fate review up at some point this weekend and plenty of other content to keep you excited and third watch fans i will say an exciting interview as well that we're hopefully doing early next week so stay tuned for that one plenty to keep you entertained thanks to dan thanks everyone for listening this has been the oz network thanks for tuning in like us on the social media subscribe i've got to get that in so i'll spit it in now till next week thanks for tuning in Good night. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.